What my response to people who want to join is, listen, you can start your own dice. However you can raise awareness, whatever you can do within your space, you should do it. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella. If you've been enjoying Smart Energy Voices, we'd really appreciate it if you'd kindly take two minutes to leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Today, we continue our unique series on inspiring diversity in energy, this time with a panel from our recent Distributed Energy Forum featuring Cheryl Comer, Senior Strategic Account Manager at Duke Energy Sustainable Solutions, Gilbert Campbell, co-founder and CEO of Volt Energy, and Dennis George, category manager for energy at the Kroger Company, for an important conversation on how collaboration can help accelerate success in diversifying the supplier rosters of large electric power users. Let's get right into this important conversation with Cheryl, Gilbert, and Dennis. I know you're going to enjoy it. Welcome, and thanks to the three of you for uh, joining us here today for what I hope will be a great and rich uh, conversation. Let's start by having each of you give us a brief description of your background and your current role. Thanks, John. Cheryl Comer, Strategic Account Manager. I'm relatively new to Duke Energy and to this position. I have a non-linear path. I started out as a classically trained cellist, have about 15 years of education experience as a teacher and a principal, and also I'm a licensed attorney in North Carolina and Louisiana. I still practice vis-a-vis pro bono work for uh, North Carolina Legal Aid. Really happy to be here with you and and to share the the stage with such great panelists. That's great. Thank you, Cheryl. And a man that needs no introduction, Dennis George, for those that haven't met you, please tell us a little about yourself. John, thanks again for having us. I am really a lifelong energy person, having been in energy in some capacity since 1979. Last 22 years of it has been at Kroger. My job here is to source energy, electricity, natural gas. I do some other things as well. That includes renewables. That includes working with utilities on rates and rate design. I was formerly the energy manager of the company here, so I've had a lot to do with energy efficiency as well. But right now, I'm working on the price side, and that certainly takes us over into Things like batteries and other equipment as well, rooftops, solar, all that sort of thing, as well as the renewables and everything of that nature. So have been an advisory board member for several years now and happy to be here today. So thanks, John. Thank you, Dennis. And while many of you may not know Gilbert Campbell, his name may sound familiar 
And that's because he's been a real newsmaker over the past couple of weeks with major programs announced with Microsoft. His company was recently accepted into Apple's accelerator program. So there are good things happening at Volt Energy. And I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot more about Gilbert. Sure. So again, Gilbert Campbell, I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Volt Energy, but also the founder and CEO of Volt Energy Utility. Now, so one company uh, has been around Volt Energy for 11 years, and we've been developing distributed generation rooftop solar and solar carports for corporate clients, universities, and nonprofits. And about a year ago, we launched another arm of the business, which is focusing on developing utility scale solar. And I'll just share a little bit about kind of what drives me and is part of our corporate DNA. One is providing opportunities for young people to look at clean energy and sustainability as a career. And that's played out. We do a lot of work with charter schools, elementary schools. Currently, we're developing a three megawatt project at Howard University where we have students engaged. And the second point of that is making sure that the clean energy industry looks more like America. And so in order to uh, be the change that you want to see, I've been fortunate enough to join some boards like the Solar Energy Institute Association or SIA. American Associations of Black Energy, Abe, and the Renewable Energy Buyers Alliance, Reba, to help bring a different perspective to the board as we navigate a lot of the challenges, but more opportunities I see as it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, and, uh, and justice. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, listen, it's our pleasure. Thank you for making the time available. Each of you have a unique perspective. Uh, Cheryl, you're with the nation's largest utility, large traditional supplier. You're trying to engage diverse partners. Dennis, you're at a very large customer trying to engage diverse suppliers. And Gilbert, you're at a diverse supplier and you're trying to engage large customers. I'd like to get a sense from each of your respective positions for kind of what what your experience has been, what challenges have you had. And Gilbert, maybe we'll start with you for the perspective of a diverse supplier trying to engage large, large customers. Yeah, great question. I, I look at it as time flies. I've been in business for 11 years. The first few years, you know, you have to establish relationship, you know, as far as being able to do work and do it well. So, you know, it took a while. I think our first client, reputable client, I think was Wake Forest University. Then we went to do work with like Fort Bragg military base, but it probably was about four years after we launched where we got our first corporate client, which was the Cheesecake Factory. We did a solar and energy storage project at their corporate headquarters. But what I've found is I think there's a wonderful opportunity for, especially as it relates to clean energy, for large corporations and diverse suppliers. We're one of many that are very capable of doing the work. But I think it takes what I found is that large corporations have great intent. They really want to work with diverse suppliers and clean energy, but it's a new way of procurement. And so I think a lot of corporations that have internal carbon neutral goals, I think, have had to move so fast to meet some of those objectives that over the last probably 18 months with the tragic killing of George Floyd, I've seen a a shift where a lot of large corporations are now thinking differently about across our entire supply chain, where can we incorporate diverse suppliers? And that's where I think now a lot of corporations are slowing down thinking through how can we do that as it relates to procuring clean energy. So I think we're at a very exciting time. Thank you, Gilbert. Dennis, how how about the perspective of a large customer trying to engage diverse suppliers? My story started, John, working with our diversity vendors overall. Kroger in 2020 achieved just over four 
billion dollars a year in business overall with diversity vendors. It's an amazing stat by itself. Their goal is to get to 10 billion by the end of the decade. But as I work with our diversity group, I soon realize that energy is way behind that number. We are not keeping up our share of the deal. And I want to keep up our share of the deal, if not do better. And so it accelerated a path I was already on to find the right folks with whom I can do business this way. At which time I ran into the immediate brick wall that it probably everybody does, which is, who are they? Where are they? What do they do? I don't run into folks like that. You go to all the conferences and you go to all the meetings, you don't run into folks for better or for worse. And so I needed help to do that. Really right at that time, having started some business with with Duke Energy and having met Cheryl, Cheryl introduced the DICE concept to me. And not only is it going to help us address the issues Kroger has in finding the, the right vendors and, and meeting these goals and doing the right thing as the company is committed to doing, as you can, as anybody can read in our ESG report, which we just reissued this week. But it, it'll allow us to achieve our goal. Plus, it fulfills a more important mission, perhaps, of promoting diversity vendors and clean energy who deserve the attention because they are bringing fantastic ideas to the table and ones that'll make us all better. So I think it's a nice transition to DICE and I'll yield to Cheryl. Well, Dennis, thank, thank you for the great work that you've already done at Kroger. And I know with your drive and passion, you're going to move the needle on the energy side. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing more from you and from the company there. Cheryl. Yes. You know, John, just speaking very candidly, it's historically been a challenge to engage diverse suppliers in, in the energy space. As you stated, Duke Energy is one of the largest utilities in the United States. And finding diverse suppliers who can play in this space has been difficult. We largely, we do our major provider, our, our major diverse supplier is Wanzac both in the wind and solar arenas. However, our supplier engagement team has been working diligently and DICE is working in collaboration with our supplier engagement team, working on how to incorporate in not just developing solar sites, but excavation or maintenance, ongoing maintenance, connecting to the grid, kind of maintaining inverters. So we've, we've also utilized Roanoke Rapids, Curtis Wynn is the CEO and president. Duke Energy recently, within the past couple of weeks, in fact, has launched this diverse supplier university. So on the first day, they invited solar developers to talk about how to do business with Duke Energy. And so they were successful in identifying diverse suppliers in that in that effort. And the second day was expanding. How do you expand? So the first day was people, you know, who haven't necessarily done business with Duke. Second day was people who do business, but we want to we want to expand that business. And I think this is why the DICE initiative is so important is we want to identify, we want to know who, who these diverse suppliers are. Gilbert Campbell is fantastic, but I know there are more Gil Gilbert Campbells in the world. And our quest is to locate them and identify them and break barriers and shine the light. Let's hear their stories. Let's amplify their voices and for utilization. Ultimately, we want action, not just to talk, 
Talk is good. It's engaging, but we want action. Amen. It's all about getting things done. And, you know, it's interesting in each of your stories, you've really articulated the challenge. It's it's all about creating those connections. And we certainly hope at Smart Energy Decisions that we can help facilitate that. The three of you are, are obviously here to talk about collaboration and how that can help accelerate development of the diverse supplier community. Why do each of you think that collaboration matters? How can it help? Dennis, maybe we'll start with you. Dude, collaboration always helps. (laughs) (laughs) None of us can do it alone as much as we may want to, but collaboration reduces synergies, produce better results than we can, any of us can do working individually. And uh, when it comes to items like renewable energy, sustainability, addressing climate change, we all have to put aside our competitive issues and other differences. And this is the place where we come together. And so this is easy work to collaborate. It is getting everybody known, getting the databases set up. It's introducing folks and spreading the word into all the arenas, whether it's EEI, it's APPA, it's NRECA, it's Smart Energy. We've done several different webinars. It's promoting all of these folks and making connections and allowing the individual's collaboration to happen. We can all work very hard to do that, working together like this and using great forums like yours. We get more done quicker. And with this subject matter in particular, we can't get enough done soon enough. So the collaboration is key. Yeah. Dennis, you know, it, it, it's right on. I think the key is fostering a mindset where everyone's open to collaboration and hopefully showcasing the good work that's being done right now at DICE will inspire others to engage in similar collaboration. Cheryl, what are your, your thoughts about how collaboration can help accelerate success? Yeah, I'm going to pick up on where Dennis left off, if you will. I think all hands on deck for me is is really important. We are in a race against time to save the planet. And the way that we've been doing things, I think historically we see now, I think there's been an awakening of some sorts that the way that we've done things maybe isn't the best way. And we all need to bring innovation to the table and transformation and different mindsets and thought processes. So I think working together with tier one, tier two collaboration, working together, it it brings value, quite frankly, to Duke Energy that you bring the best in class utility with a diverse supplier who has innovative ideas and and different ideas. I mean, who would have thought a PPA is somehow tied to social justice? You never think of that historically. Where has that been? It's new. It's fresh. It's an idea that's multifaceted. I think that we all have ESG reports. We all have reporting on social. What are we doing to help? I'm blown away, quite frankly, by, and Dennis has mentioned it, that $10 billion by the end of, of the decade. I mean, it's it's amazing with, with diverse suppliers. I mean, kudos to Kroger. But there's also, for me, an equity piece that is so important and that, that must be addressed. And I appreciate you standing with us to address this equity piece. I'm honored to do so. It's a privilege. I appreciate your 
call to action and your clear sense of urgency around it, Cheryl. Gilbert, your take on collaboration could be interesting because you've had, as, as I alluded to some of the recent news stories about you and Volt Energy, what's your take on, on how collaboration has actually already been, been helpful for, for Volt Energy? Sure. Great question. And I concur with everything with Dennis and, and Cheryl said. I mean, we have as, as a nation big issues to solve. Climate change is obviously being one but also economic issues. We're coming out of an unprecedented pandemic and um, the wealth disparity in this country has gotten even wider. So what we're trying to do is really help address both rural communities that you know have risked their lives to make sure we've had power for the last hundred years. And as some of those power plants are shut down and there's a just transition to clean energy, I think it's only fair that we prioritize those communities as well as the plight of minority communities that you know, have dealt with environmental injustice for so long, just basic things like having clean water and breathing clean air. But I think it also goes further than that. So I think we talk about environmental justice. You also have to talk about economic justice. So, you know, that's where I think supplier diversity plays as well, too, where you have members of certain communities that are generating wealth and being good examples for others to say, you know, I can do that. I can start my own company. You know, I can go run energy at Kroger or I can do what Cheryl is doing. So I just think that there's a great, op- a great opportunity with collaboration. And I think it's just, you know, once you get to know people, you know, I think from, um, I can clearly see from both Dennis and Cheryl and what Dice is doing, it's an investment. When you make the time to really get to know people that you haven't traditionally worked with, you understand that you have more in common that there's probably, you know, there's always diversity brings a lot of new ideas and innovation, as Dennis mentioned before. So I just think that it's a great nexus to um, work with large corporate clients, some of their traditional companies to partner with. But at the focus is people. We also mm-hmm. have customers in the communities we come from. So I just think that it's wonderful that uh, we're having this dialogue. Well, DICE has been mentioned four or five times, at least once by each of you. So, Cheryl, this is the point in the conversation where we answer the question that many people are asking, what's DICE? What's DICE? (laughs) Tell us about DICE. Tell us what prompted its development. Sure. This This is the part that makes me warm and fuzzy. DICE was prompted when I learned that T-Mobile would be one of my strategic accounts. So I have four. I have FedEx, Kroger, T-Mobile, and Microsoft. And in the one-on-one with Amy Bond, who is the Energy Procurement Program Manager at T-Mobile, when I asked her, what was it, what's important to you, Amy? What's on your mind? She said, you know, Cheryl, I'd really like to know how Duke Energy interacts with diverse suppliers. What's your process? How are they utilized? How are they identified? How are they tracked? And from that, I thought, okay, she asked in the arena of tier two, which I had no idea what tier two diverse spend was at the time. So I said, I'll do some research. I'll get back to you. And I thought, well, I'll do a PowerPoint and I'll present it to her. And I thought, oh, that's not a great idea. I'll introduce her to our supplier engagement arm. And I had already reached out to one of the supplier managers and said, hey, could you talk? And then I thought one morning, let's do a roundtable. 
This isn't something that just is T-Mobile or just is Duke. Let's all of us get together. Let's talk. So we did a roundtable. We did two days. The first day we talked about tracking diverse suppliers and we realized a lot of times they're tracked on a spreadsheet and they're normally hoarded. So once these corporations know who they are, they don't normally share. And then we, we, we found out that a lot of word of mouth, you know, hey, have you heard of Gilbert Campbell? Yeah, yeah, I think I'll try him, that kind of thing. And so the second day, we actually had three diverse suppliers, Dana Redden, who you probably don't know this, but I noticed her because of you, uh, you know, one of your posts on LinkedIn, and I reached out to her and asked her if she'd join. And my manager, Irvin Sloan, reached out to Van and Faustina Vincent. So they came and they spoke. And John, the enthusiasm of the participants and listening to their stories and hearing about their barriers and what they thought and what they needed, there was just so much positive energy. I thought, you know what, let's create a coalition. And I reached out to all the roundtable participants. Dennis George was one. I knew I had to have Dennis because he's been in the industry 40 years and has tons of of relationships and has a lot of weight with him. I mean, he brings some power. So I reached out to him. And when he said, yeah, I'm in it, I thought, I think this is going to be a success. So the enthusiasm was overwhelming. DICE is diversity and clean energy. It's a coalition with my strategic accounts, collaborating with supplier engagement arm of Duke and with the magic is having those three diverse suppliers who lead us and guide us. And so we've, we have a visionary outcome, which is to open doors and utilize and, and amplify the stories of diverse suppliers. We have three key objectives, one in which is creating a database or a, a repository. It was brought up during that roundtable. Well, is there a national repository? Do we know who these diverse suppliers are? And so that's one thing that we're doing. Microsoft is sponsoring that. And we want to make sure that the Energy Trade Association, it's good to have a database, but we need, we need that corporate and that utility tapping into the database, right? I think Gilbert mentioned something about RFPs that you know, those RFPs dictate a whole lot. We need to think about, are these barriers? Are these creating systemic barriers that diverse suppliers can't overcome? We need to think about these things, these processes, these business models. And that's what DICE is doing. We're running DICE for a two-year pilot. You know, a lot of, there's lots of interests and people want to join and they want to get on board. And right now we want to keep it just with the Nexus. We want to keep it just with, you know, the Kroger, the T-Mobile, and the Microsoft with the diverse suppliers. And what my response to people who want to join is, listen, you can start your own dice. However you can raise awareness, whatever you can do within your space, you should do it. Well, listen, that's another call to arms. Cheryl, you are one action-oriented individual, I want you to know. But you're right. It's about taking action. And this dynamic of customer traditional supplier, diverse supplier, there's a lot of power there. And Dennis, you're a member of DICE, right? You're a part of the customer group. What piece of what DICE is doing are you most excited about? And what do you hope to accomplish by, by being involved with the initiative? In short, all of it. Look forward to the database. I've relished the stories and the learning and I realized there are so many good ideas out there that we're still not hearing. And it kills me that anybody wouldn't want 
to get all these ideas, regardless of source, to be able to make their companies better. And what I look forward to opening the doors through all these various means and methods in communication and making the connection. It's all important. It's all good. And I really do hope to do some very specific and sustained and continued work with diversity vendors like this to get Kroger to where it wants to be. We've always had the goal that our vendor base needs to look like our customer base, as well as our associate base. We're working on all of these and we're making great strides. I want energy to be as much a success story for Kroger in that regard as any other aspect of business. I got a lot of work to do. The excitement is I have the ability to do that, knowing that there's a good number of vendors who are motivated to do things, who are bringing fantastic ideas to get Kroger to where they need to go, to bring benefit to our customers, bring benefit to everybody. This is one that everybody wins when we do it right. And that's the exciting part. Super. Well, listen, with you being involved, Dennis, I know things are going to happen. You told me I'm a large customer and Cheryl says I carry weight. So my feelings are very hurt, (laughs) but but otherwise I'm good to go. (laughs) All right. John, John, if, if I may say one last thing, Dennis George is very special to me and he has been with me every single time. So T-Mobile planted the seed, but Dennis George has been a driver and I will always remember his name. Always. Yes, they, they planted the seed and, and I am the manure to makes it grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, everybody knows that I've been full of for a very long time. So. That's definitely going to be left on a cutting room yeah. floor. I want you to know. All right, um, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so, Gilbert, we've talked a lot about Dice, but there's something that is like super innovative that you've done It's the first of its kind. I've got to give you a minute or two to talk about it. Explain to everybody what your environmental justice PPA is. It's an innovative program you executed with Microsoft. How did it come about? How did it work? Do you think there's going to be more of them? It's a special innovative program, and I'd really like our our viewers to learn about it. Sure. So, I'll kind of start first as far as like how the relationship originated. And it's to Cheryl's point that she mentioned earlier is that RFP processes work, but when you're a new supplier, you can't tell your story in a piece of paper. It takes like, you know, courageous efforts with like Dennis and Dice is doing to really get to know new suppliers outside of what you can just respond to in an RFP. You know, your traditional suppliers, there's established relationships that have been built over time. So Microsoft, I give them all the credit in the world, looked at it as an investment and spending time really to getting to know, you know, some diverse suppliers they potentially could work with. And one of the things that we presented to them was a concept that we had, as I shared before, part of our major part of our corporate DNA is making sure that we're being good community stewards. So looking at some of the problems that we touched on before that, you know, hopefully we can solve as a country is how do we make sure rural communities are not getting left behind, particularly in the the transition to clean energy? So what we said was, if you look at cities like D.C., Baltimore, Chicago, a lot of inner cities, land isn't there. Or if it is, land is at a super premium. You can't develop utility scale projects 
for the most part in a lot of inner cities. You can do that in rural areas. So we part through our environmental justice PPA, we prioritize trying to develop projects in economically disadvantaged rural areas, particularly where fossil fuel plants have been shut down to help with economic revitalization in that area. But we also recognize the plight of a lot of minority communities that due to environmental injustices have, you know, had a lot of wrong done and have not participated in the clean energy boom. So I'll give you a quick data point. According to Bloomberg New Energy Finance in 2019, and this is worldwide, the top Fortune 100 companies signed 19.5 gigawatts of PPAs with clients. Not one was with an African-American developer. Our PPA with Microsoft was the first, and hopefully there'll be a lot more, and not just with companies like just with Volt. But the environmental justice PPA is basically that concept. We're developing in rural areas. We're taking a significant portion of our revenue and putting that into a, an environmental justice community impact fund where we put that money back in the community. So what does that look like? We're doing things like addressing a lot of issues as it relates to economic justice. So one example, there's truly a lack of diversity as it relates to areas in development like project finance, asset management, project development, legal. So we're working with some partners on building a clean energy business academy where we're building a future pipeline of students, but also working with organizations like the American Associations of Blacks and Energy or ABE that has members that can just need to retrofit their skill set to take on a lot of these jobs. A lot of my customers, at least on a weekly basis, send job requisitions for positions they need filled. And I reach out to my network, look at my network, and it's hard to find diverse talent there. So we have to kind of create that. Some of the other things that our environmental justice PPA does is we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are a lot of great environmental justice organizations that are doing great work, both national and a local level. So we're investing in programs and our projects that they're doing to continue the good work. And then also just looking at what is one of the major barriers for small businesses and particularly diverse small businesses is access to capital, particularly working capital. If you've got a PPA with Duke Energy or Kroger, raising capital is not a problem. But to get to that point where you can really build your business, working capital is hard. And so some of the things that we're looking at is like providing micro loans to diverse businesses to help reduce some of those uh, burdens they have to deal with to be able to really focus on scaling their business. So at the heart of it is just trying to do good in the community. We've been very fortunate to have a wonderful client like Microsoft that really took the time to get to know us, really talk, really think through some of the challenges they may have had working with a firm like Volt and uh, working through some of those things. And I think they've also seen a lot of the advantages. Dennis talked about innovation on many occasions you know, this was an innovative concept that we brought to Microsoft and we've made it a reality. So I would just say to any corporate, any take home release that you could say from what I've said is that RFP processes are very important. But when you're looking, especially in like new industries and, and new ways of procurement, to really look at a bilateral process. So you really get a chance to know the firms you're working with and make sure that, you know, both parties are set up for success. So you have a sustainable relationship. Excellent. Gilbert, congratulations on that deal. That's super. And I hope we see a lot more of those. And your call to action about, hey, take the time, invest the time to get to really know diverse suppliers ties together perfectly with what DICE is doing, because DICE seems to be all about 
trying to make that process of connecting diverse suppliers and customers and traditional suppliers more efficient. Thanks again to Cheryl Gilbert and Dennis for joining us today in the continuation of our series on inspiring diversity in energy. I'd also like to thank you, our community of listeners, for joining us on the podcast and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. To learn more about how you can become a part of the next Smart Energy Decisions event, click on the link in the show notes for more information. We're honored to have the opportunity to share conversations with leaders of the energy transition in every episode of this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.